Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Ummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Best of new inventory. Also, great pre owned inventory. Sales staff, they'll work with you. It's not just a question of dealing. It's a question of working with you because your budget's critical, and guess what? It's important to them, too. You know, They want to make sure that you're comfortable with everything that happens. That's why they're so great to deal with. You know, I'm in the market now starting to, starting to go through the process of uh, getting a new vehicle myself. After having one for nine years, there's only one place I'm going to go. It's going to be Sunbury Motors. 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call today, Brett Phillips, a home run the hard way. And it was, oh no. Fly ball, deep left center off the bat of Phillips, and that's going to be off the wall, bounds away from Mullins. Stewart's going to have to make the pickup, and here comes Phillips. He's trying to circle them all. Inside the park home run. Of course. Yeah. There you go. Home run the hard way. As the Tampa Bay Rays always find ways to get it done. All right. Uh, Boy, I'll tell you, big strikeout for the Yankees. Bases loaded, Hunter Renfro struck out swinging. So the Yankees still lead 5-3. Bases were loaded. Now it goes to the bottom of the seventh. Boom. All right. Um, I'm glad you get so emotional about it because, I mean, I got a game two weeks from Saturday. So it's like what I'm emotional about. All right. So, um, I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, it's like like a lot of things for me have changed over the years. And when, you, when, when you're broadcasting your own games, your own teams, like, uh, okay, everything's like, it's recreational, you know what I mean? So it's far more recreational. It's not as, like, oh, the, the Red Sox. Are, okay, okay, struck out, bases loaded. Okay, that's a big inning for the Yankees. All right. Great. Um, Neil Kulon, let's talk about the Steelers now. Suits kind of perked up a little bit back in the back corner office there. Um, kind of been having a tough day. He's been dragging a little bit. Now he's going to get some Steeler info that carries him to the Titanic weekend showdown with Detroit. You, sir, are my hero. When preseason football becomes something you live for, I'm talking about like a preseason game in the NFL. It's time to reevaluate. All right, so <laughs> let's bring in Neil Kulong from Pittsburgh. Neil, welcome. Great to have you with us. Good to be here as always. Thanks for having me. Well, you're sounding better than ever. Every week you sound a little bit better. 
couple weeks I'm ago. Healing. I'm healing. Yes. I'm, I'm getting better here. It's uh, good night's sleep, vitamins, soup. I'm, I'm, I'm back at it. But seriously, that was like two weeks of a sinus infection. Wow. And no, it wasn't a COVID thing or anything like that, but it was, uh, it was rough. It, it's, it's not fun. <laughs> I could... It's rough out here in the Berg. Yes. No, no, no. But you are tough like the people of the Berg. All right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, my neighbor, Jim Hopi, comes up to me today, and he says, I'm talking to my brother. He's all high in this Schobert thing. He says, Steve, how good is he? I said, Jim, the guy can play. That was an unexpected pickup, uh, Neil. And not only that, I think it's an unexpected, really good pickup. What is your thought? I, I think it is. I think um, here's the thing. With, with Kevin Colbert, he loves going shopping in August. He's, it, it is not rare for him at all to make a deal uh, during training camp for somebody or to, to pick up somebody that somebody else let go. He, the, the franchise has brought in, particularly on defense and tight ends, I guess, in defense, they've brought in players uh, after your typical free agency period often. And it, usually it's marked by their ability to strike a deal. Now let, let's look at this holistically. What they have on defense is legitimately one of the best front sevens in, in, in the NFL. They're, great. they're stacked everywhere. Yeah. That's losing Bud Dupree. Right. That's getting maybe, if, if you're lucky, half a season out of Devin Bush at a Devin Bush level. He can be a regular linebacker in the NFL, but he's not going to be Devin Bush probably for a little bit. There is a, a, a problem on the team as far as their inside linebacker depth goes. And I, I think um, what we saw in the first preseason game, and that's not everything. It's just what we can see of it. Um, Robert Spillane, it, it, he's, I don't think he's good enough to play uh, on a consistent basis in, in the role that they have him in. Colbert probably sees this. I think the coaching staff agrees. And there's an opportunity out there. Uh, Jaguars want to shed salary. And the best part of shedding salary is uh, cap aside, put all of that aside, $3.65 million is $3.65 million. Yes. That, that's a savings for sure, no matter how you want to slice it. So the Steelers are in a position to take a player that another team with a new coaching staff and a new general management uh, don't want anymore at the contract that the old regime signed him at. They want to get rid of him because he's going to be paid a lot of money. It's guaranteed. Uh, they have to pay something. So the Steelers have the opportunity to take half of the salary and send a six-round pick for – a significant upgrade at uh, one of their inside linebacker yes. positions, and he might be the guy anyway. He right. might be the best inside linebacker they have the second he steps off the bus. No doubt. So it, it's it's a, a steal for the Steelers, and I, I, I don't want to put that out like Jacksonville got ripped off or anything. They you know they're going in a different direction. Um, part of being a new coach and a new GM is dealing with the, the contracts from the previous staff that wanted to use a player. Uh, probably in a different way than, than they plan to use them. So uh, both teams get what they want out of it, but the Steelers get the benefit of a, a pretty significant upgrade for a unit now that really doesn't have any holes, and they're deep. So the, the Steelers' strength just got stronger, and I think they're going to need that as they kind of retool their offense and figure out how they want to play the game on that side. Um, Schobert gives them the ability to go much deeper uh, in sub-packages, they could cover better. Um, Spillane is, is non-existent in, in pass coverage. <laughs> and I don't think Bush has looked all that good either. So you're, you're getting a significant upgrade at a pretty low price for this year, and you can figure out the rest of this contract later. So um, it, it was absolutely the kind of move 
that you'd want them to make. I don't think that most people would have thought inside linebacker would be a position that they targeted. I think most people probably would have said uh, something in the secondary. But I, I think this move makes them a lot better than probably any cornerback they could have gotten for, for the same price uh, would have if that opportunity was available. I'm guessing that it wasn't. What about the Tuit restructuring? Uh, what does the Tuit restructuring mean? Does, it, does the Tuit restructuring uh, have a domino to Schobert, or is it more of a domino to Watt? I think, uh, given the choice of those two, I would say it's a domino to Watt. Um, I'm not 100% convinced it's Watt, the, who they're looking at, though. I, here's, here, what we know of the situation is this. It, Stephon Tewitt has one year, one year left on his contract. Right. Stephon Tewitt is a really good football player. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't want to extend him. And if memory serves me, they extended Cam Hayward at about this time last year. I would think that Tewitt would be in line for an extension. Um, giving him a restructure ties him to the roster next year. So he, he's there. He made the team next year now. Um, I would have thought an extension made more sense if this was about Tewitt. I don't think it is about Tewitt, though. I think the, the cap space that they free up gives the Steelers um, – it's a fluid situation, but the number that I see most often is around uh, $16, 17000000 in cap space, what we could project uh, for their 53-man roster. So with $17 million, you can work a market-level deal in for T.J. Watt. Now, market-level for him is unprecedented territory. You're talking uh, very likely the highest contract given to a defensive player. I can't imagine that T.J. Watt would, would accept anything less than that right now. Right. You flesh all that out, and I'll, I'll spare you the, the technical details, but <laughs> you're looking at probably a cap hit for, for Watt on what I think he would probably take at $19 million. That's a $9 million, uh, increase on his cap number today. So they have, the, they have the room for that move, right? The holdup here is the fact the Steelers don't sign contracts like that. They, they don't give that kind of money out. That's right. Um, what they do do, though, is they look to strike a deal. I think, and this is right up before 20 minutes ago, of course, this happened, you know, I have this all prepared for your segment. Uh, Jamal Adams signed a a monster safety contract in Mm -hmm. in Seattle. We can kind of expect that that contract was coming. I think the range of that contract is probably about right. But if you could sign Minka Fitzpatrick at five years, call it 75 million, Adams got 70, a signing bonus of 40 million, which is, still astronomical for the Steelers, but it's, it's a tick above Adams, you could lock him up now at a position that is going to be considerably more expensive by the time Fitzpatrick is into option and possible tag years with the Steelers. That number is going to be a lot higher. If you want to lock up Minka, the best time to do it is probably going to be now, right. but he's still not going to take less than, than the top of the market. You could do that, and the top of the safety market is a lot less than the top of the edge rusher market is. So you're clearing up all this space, to be honest. I, I, odds are it, Watt would probably be the guy that they would look at, but it, to me it, it's just as indicative of their desire uh, to lock up the cheaper of the two and do what they're going to do with Watt because Watt is in a position to ask for considerably more money. And I would say this because we're buds. I've been on this show for a while. There was a time in which T.J. Watt was sacking the quarterback plenty often, just like he does now. Mm-hmm. A big part of the reason why the Steelers have, have led the NFL in sacks over the last five years is not just because of Watt. 
it's because of Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt, whoever they have playing inside, the amount of, of money and emphasis they put on their inside linebackers. It's not just him. And that defense sacked the quarterback plenty. What did they do before Minka Fitzpatrick got there? Right. They didn't stop anybody. That's right. Minka got there. They became a top-five defense. Agreed. So I'm going to guess that Kevin Colbert's aware of that. Okay, yeah. If I am, then he is. Minka might be more valuable to him. For the dollar, he's, he's definitely more valuable to him. So I wouldn't be surprised if the, the two-it move um, was a, 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 the, the first line to fall in what's going to be an extension for Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm not reporting that. I just know that uh, they've done something stuff like this before. You might remember when uh, Mike Wallace wanted market value and mm-hmm. the Steelers said, no, we're not going to pay that. They took basically the guaranteed money out of the deal, gave it to Antonio Brown, right. who had two years left at less than a million dollars. He was a six-round draft pick. Um, clearly, they made the, the better decision that they could have made in that situation, and they, you know, they profited hugely off of that. Uh, that same line of thinking, I think, exists here with uh, Minka and Watt. And I think, in a lot of ways, the the better value deal would be with Minka. I don't think they're going to be able to sign both of them because both of them are getting more expensive by the day, and they're both top of their position. Right. So you're choosing between one or the other. Dollars are going to come into that. And I, you're ultimately, you're paying less for Minka than you will for Watt. And you just found Alex Highsmith, who's looked really good in two mm-hmm. preseason games. You love where he's going. You just signed Melvin Ingram for $4 million. Who do they have backing up Fitzpatrick at free safety? It, it can't be that Trey Norwood kid. I don't know if you noticed him on, on uh, uh, the game against the Eagles, but yeah, the, yeah, that's, that's not going to get the job done in the, the NFL. The Eagles noticed him. He's not him. ready to play. The Eagles noticed yeah, him. Yeah, they certainly did. <laughs> and we, Buffalo is going to be aware if he's on the field. It, yeah. It's They don't have depth at the safety position right now, and I understand that this is going to create all kinds of of problems within Pittsburgh, but they've got depth behind T.J. Watt. I don't think they need to sign Watt, and I think what we saw uh, from this defense was was dramatically improved when Fitzpatrick joined the team. That was not necessarily the same impact when when Watt joined. To be honest with you, I think he changed the, quote, the team, not just defense, but he changed the team. When he got there. Uh, ben, I believe, is going to be making his one and only appearance in the preseason this weekend. Just any thoughts on what uh, what you're looking for in the couple series he'll be out there? Uh, the, the cliche is him not getting rolled over, nobody stepped on his feet or anything like that. Oh, that's um, good. Walking out of the game injury-free would be great. Um, I, I don't know if there's a point in him playing. Um, if, if there is, then you know whatever that is to work on some basic things, probably more timing and feel than anything but sure. they're they're doing that now i mean it's not as if he's not getting any work in at all um it, you know maybe ben if, if ben would feel more comfortable getting out there that's fine i have no problem with that but by and large um they're they're gonna grade and evaluate uh two of the quarterbacks they have now not just for now but probably for next year as well to some degree right. um i would think they'd be better served um giving Dwayne haskins uh, some run with the ones um, I, I don't think he's gotten that opportunity yet uh, as much as Rudolph has. And that isn't to say that, you know, I feel one is better than the other right now. But flip them around. Let's see what they look like. Um, that, to me, that makes more sense. And maybe that is going to be their plan if Ben gets a series, maybe two. Um, I, I, I don't have an issue with it. But it, as much as fans want to think that this is the case, it's not going to be the difference between Ben being an MVP and Ben being a dog in, in probably right. his last year in right. Pittsburgh. It, it's 
get him out there if he needs to be out there. I don't think that he would, but uh, they, they have a good sense of what they're doing, and I think Ben certainly has a say in that, and he might be the one saying he wants to get out there. Uh, what do you think of Haskins so far? I, I like what he's done. Um, to me, it, based on – and I, I didn't watch a ton of his time in Washington. I, I do remember uh, watching his game against Baltimore last season, and he was terrible. He looks a lot more confident. He looks a lot more mm-hmm. loose. Um, that could be attributed to a, a, a variety of things. Um, but you, you see the arm strength. That kid can sling. I mean, it, it's it's fun to watch him throw. He's really gifted. Uh, he's making good decisions with the ball. I, I think he's doing what you need him to do. And it yeah. looks like he's having fun. I mean, he was into it. Um, that, that's part of why I think, you know, they gave him a, a more of an extended look, which I think they gave uh, Rudolph in game one. So they're, they're giving them both equal opportunities. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him against, uh, uh, you know, some of the starters at least um, of the opponent. And granted, that's going to be the, against the Lions. We're probably going to be a one-win yeah. team this year. But let's see. But it'll be a uh, good how win, he reacts. Though. It's going to be a yeah, good, good yeah, win definitely. though for Detroit. It'll be a we'll great be. win. <laughs> They'll be excited for that. Johnny Morton going on on uh, Johnny, Letterman for John, it. Do you remember that? Johnny that was Morton. that was classic. Oh my! What, God. It, it was, was it Letterman? Or was it Leno? Maybe it was uh, Leno. It was Leno, Jay Leno. But yeah, that, that's that's when you know you're you're reaching pretty good. You're that excited after your first win, and but it, it, at that point it was like 25 games or something. Yeah, yeah. They finally win. They get off the snide, and uh, he celebrates it by ripping on the, the late talk show host. That's yeah. uh That's a winning culture right there. <laughs> that's how it's done. Well, we never rip on anybody in this show, so that's that's how we roll. <laughs> so we're good. Yeah. Nobody knows yet, fortunately. <laughs> Neil, always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Neil Kulong. It's an interesting conversation. See, we, we worked the Eagles in there at one point. I noticed, and that was I mean, on the Quez Watkins touchdown. I mean, Watkins is to the Eagles what Jerry Rice was to the 49ers. All right, back with more in a moment. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to go that far yet. Oh, my goodness. He looks like he's a good prospect. Yeah, he had some flashes last year, but this year it seems like he's really turning the corner. But we'll see. Yeah. Still very early. Just has to get somebody to get the ball to him. Somebody that's better than the number 30-ranked quarterback. All right. Back with more in a moment. Although, I guess Hurts uh, did okay against the Patriots, right? So far, he's been doing pretty well. In practice, yeah. As we continue on News Radio 1070, WKOK. Indeed, a lot of sauce on that one. And got the roll, too. Over for Brooklyn. Two for one opportunity for Philadelphia. Embiid shed Dudley, then threw it off the backboard. Scour. Chandler, the other 76ers out there. There goes Embiid and loops it. Embiid, the fake. Embiid is the embodiment of the modern big man in the NBA and really the modern big man in basketball, period. A guy that can play with his back to the basket, a guy that can run the floor, and a guy that can not just face up and shoot, but step out to the three-point line and be really good at shooting. And Sixers signed him for a four-year deal, Supermax at 196. 
he is the he is the axle by which you build the rest of the wheel around. In today's modern game, everybody's trying to find a Joel Embiid. We say the same thing about the suit. We're really just spokes in the wheel. He's the axle. (laughs) And right now, we're at Sunbury Motors looking for repairs. All right, back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. The best in the business. Tim Tebow experiment done in Jacksonville. Matt very happy. Had his uh, knives out, sharpened them earlier. I forgot that the that because even though it's a day-night doubleheader, separate admissions, it's still seven innings. So the Yankees won 5-3. I didn't realize that strikeout into the game. Like, Major League Baseball has got to get back to playing Major League Baseball. I mean, please. You play nine innings. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me whether in the nine innings the Yankees win nine three because they score six in the eighth. Whether you get it back to playing nine innings of baseball. I mean, I'm watching this thing and I'm thinking, okay, if it's a doubleheader, okay, it's seven innings each. But I saw it was separate admissions. One o'clock and seven thirty. I thought, okay, well, okay, it's probably nine innings. Nope, seven innings. Like, are you kidding me? Ay, ay, ay. Every time I turn around, everybody wants to play less. But a good win for the Yanks today. Montgomery started. I don't know if he got the win. Cause I'm trying to think that in seven innings, if you have to go five to win it, I think you do. And he went four and a third. Uh, let's see. The Jamal Adams deal with Seattle. Very much straightforward. He is now the highest-paid safety in the NFL, but he is not the highest-paid defensive player for the Seahawks. That belongs to Bobby Wagner. So those are just some of the headlines from today. Also is a story, I think it was CBS Sports on Mike Trout. Now, Mike Trout, don't he? He's not going to, I don't think, he's not playing Sunday night, you know. I mean, he hasn't played in months. And he's only appeared in 89 games since the end of the 2019 season. This is where there's a little absurdity here. They're talking about how he doesn't play because he's been hurt. Okay? They're talking about his all-time great numbers, his war number, which I just think, I think the war number is just among I mean, you you are selling people bridges at that point when you're telling him about the war number. It's like, uh, okay, I got it. If Mike Trout isn't in the lineup, the Angels aren't as good. Really? I got it. 
<laughs> Dumb. I'll never forget that argument the year that the Sabermetrics guys. Miguel Cabrera won the Triple Crown. First time it had been done in Major League Baseball since Carly Ostromsky in 67. Mike Trout, the Saber. He's the MVP. Look at his Sabermetrics. Old-fashioned Triple Crown, which rarely is ever done. Uh, here's one for you. You know what? You know why Cabrera was the MVP with the Triple Crown? Detroit made the playoffs. The Angels didn't. The Angels, so with Mike Trout, that under Sabermetrics, he's the most valuable player and his wins above replacement, they're 10 games under 500. What, without him, they're 25 games under 500? Who cares? <laughs> the other guy got big hits that got you to the playoffs. And that, to me, they're going through Mike Trout's numbers here. Trout, who's just phenomenal, all right? It's so much fun to watch him play. Uh, but they're going through, like, you know, his numbers and what they could be, what they aren't, da-da-da-da. You know, you know, he's got to get back to be the greatest of all time. You've got to get to the playoffs. Yeah, you got to get to the playoffs. That's what Mike Trout needs to do. The heck with getting 3,000 hits and 500 home runs or maybe 600, whatever it may be. He is a phenomenal player, but he's got to start getting to the postseason with his team. That's what it comes down to. He's been to one postseason. He homered in his first at-bat, and I thought it was against, who did they play, Kansas City? So he homered in his first at-bat. I'm like, wow, this is going to be fun. And he never got another hit. No, that doesn't, you know, look. Because he had, what is he, one for 12 or something like that? Because he had a one for 12 doesn't diminish him as a player. I mean, Willie Mays never homered in a postseason game. Never. As great as Willie Mays was, he never hit a home run in the postseason. Ted Williams played one World Series at 200. So, that you know, that doesn't mean anything. But he's got to get himself not only back out there playing, but he's got to get he's got to start getting to, to the playoffs with his team somehow, some way. And if baseball does what I think they will do and expand their playoffs beginning next year under the new collective bargaining agreement, there's going to be more of an opportunity for him to do it, and he needs to get there and and put on a Mike Trout show. That now elevates you. Yeah, he's 29 now. We all know his war was off the charts. Again, but you have to be some sort of idiot to not sit there and go, okay, Mike Trout, if he's out of the lineup, the guy replacing him isn't as good. I got it. <laughs> We're all set. Aaron Rodgers is out of the lineup. Guess what? I don't think the Packers are as good. <laughs> War. A make-believe number. And that's what it is. War is make-believe. I mean, it's all make-believe. Oh, no, there's a formula to it. I, really? I, I'm smart enough to look out there and say, you know what? That, that center fielder that's out there right now, it's not as good as Mike Trout. I think we're done. I got two eyes. I've watched a billion games. Well, I don't think the Yankees were as good without Aaron Judge. 
Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> you would not be wrong. <laughs> I mean, come on. There's an absurdity to it. But he, you know, that he can't help being hurt. You cannot help being hurt. So that, okay. But he's got it for him to really take off in his career. He has got phenomenal numbers. And just watching him, you, he always plays hard. He runs the bases beautifully. He hits with power. He hits in the class. He does everything you want. He's a really good defensive player. He does everything. And I realize he's not in charge of the team that's around him, but they've got to somehow start getting to the playoffs where he can showcase that on the biggest stage. That's what he's got to do. I mean, Bryce Harper does not have a great batting average in the postseason. But Bryce Harper has hit some big home runs in the postseason. When he's hit them, he's hit big home runs. I'll give you one right here. Who would I rather have at the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning with two on, down two runs? Mike Trout or David Ortiz? This isn't even close. There's no debate. It's Ortiz. Not even close. You want to know why? Because in that spot, I've watched him do it over and over and over again. I've never one time seen Mike Trout do that. Never. And again, the issue is his team hasn't been in the postseason. But we can guess how Mike Trout would do. Right? We can guess. With David Ortiz, we know. Right? Of course. And I would go with Ortiz myself. But it's not even a debate. It's not, there's no debate. We're sitting there in the dugout, and I've got this situation. He's going up to the play with a bat. Why? Because I've watched him do it. He may strike out, but guess what? I've watched him over and over and over in that spot produce. I've never seen Mike Trout in a postseason game do that because he's never had a chance to do it. You go with the proven entity every time. Every time. I mean, I, if it's Aaron Judge and Mike Trout, I go with Aaron Judge. Why? Because I've seen Aaron Judge do that in the postseason. Mike Trout, I haven't. It, it, that's the difference. That's, for example, when, I, when I'm sitting there, I said this years ago. Now, Kershaw's been really good. Kershaw was terrific in the postseason last year, right? Terrific. Couldn't have pitched any better. But there was a point where Kershaw in the postseason, where I'd made the point, I said, look, if you gave me a choice between Clayton Kershaw taking the ball in the deciding game of a series or Clayton or John Lester, I'd pick John Lester. Now, John Lester has not had the career Clayton Kershaw has. He hasn't had the regular season career Clayton Kershaw has. But John Lester, twice in his career, 
has been the winning pitcher in the clinching game of the World Series. Twice. Who do you go to? I go. I always go with the one that has done it, not the one that. Okay, the person that actually, where you hand them the ball, they go get it done. Versus the one he's been spectacular. He's great. He's the big name. And guess what? That guy produces when you need it. You hand him the ball. That's what you do. Yeah, I'll give. I'll give you. I'll give you one. It didn't work, but USC's playing Texas in the Rose Bowl, right? That legendary game where Vince Young scored, right? Why was why was Reggie Bush not in the game on the final play for USC from scrimmage? Why? Because on fourth and short, the more reliable guy was Lundale White. You and Pete Carroll went with the guy he trusted more. He trusted White more in that situation than Bush. Now, they didn't make it, but he went with the guy that he had more trust in, and that's what it always comes down to. Always comes down to trust. Some guys really excel in certain moments. And some people, you have to guess. I mean, I can only guess how Mike Trout would be in the bottom of the ninth, down two with two runners on and two outs. I can only guess. His skill set, he'd be great at it. But has, have any of you ever seen him do it? Ever? In the postseason? No. I mean, Jeff Kent has been more productive in that spot. And I'm not saying that Jeff Kent's better than Mike Trout. Absolutely not. That is not what I'm saying. It's not what I'm okay? You give me a choice between Mike Trout, bottom of the ninth, two on, or Brooks Robinson. Now who's the better all around player? Who's the better hitter? Mike Trout's the better hitter. Brooks Robinson has proven in his career over and over and over again that when the money's on the table, he produces. I go with him. Because he's been there. Not because Trout isn't talented. Trout just hasn't been there. Well, in Toronto, good news. I know uh, you were um, a big uh, Toronto fan, Matt. That's why I wanted to point this out. <laughs> sure. So starting uh, for all attendees in mid-September, fans, event staff, employees, the Raptors, the Maple Leafs, and Toronto FC at Scotiabank Arena, home of the Leafs and the Raptors, and BMO Field, home of Toronto FC, the fans will have to have proof of vaccination. Now, this does not include the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays, no. But all attendees will have to have proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test result. 
The Raiders have done the same thing. First NFL team to announce that they will require all game attendees to provide proof of COVID vaccine, uh, COVID nineteen vaccination, which will allow the fans to attend the games without a mask. The Brooklyn Nets and the New York Liberty announced that they were they are going to require employees and fans age twelve and up to be vaccinated if they wish to enter the building starting September thirteenth. So there you go. That's what's happening in the world of sports in terms of getting in. Interesting, though, that we'll see how it goes in the next couple of weeks. But there's some people that have talked about there's been it's still going up but leveling. Okay. And, of course, we know what's happened in England. It's dropped down dramatically. Tim Tebow is out. Matt thrilled. You, sir, are my hero. Matt thrives on someone else's lack of success. <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. If you own an RV, you know your home on wheels needs the same protection as your actual home. Hi, this is Season from Purdy Insurance. Whether you hit the road for a weekend or a few months, Purdy Insurance can cover all of your recreational vehicles. From RVs, ATVs and side-by-sides to motorcycles and golf carts, offering you great coverage at the best price. Call Purdy Insurance at 570-286-5855 or request a quote online at purdyinsurance.com and see what we can do for you. Yankees won this afternoon, beat the Red Sox first to 2-5-3. Two teams will play again tonight, and that will also be a seven-inning game. Here come the pinstripes, baby. And the Yankees, of course, lost the uh, Field of Dreams game, but the Field of Dreams opponents have been announced for next year. Uh, it's going to be the Cubs. They're going to keep with Chicago, but this time they're going to go to the Cubs, and they're going to face the Cincinnati Reds. And they got it right, I think. That's a, that's a good division rivalry because I had said during what to watch for last week, Cubs and Cardinals, but Cubs-Reds also makes sense, so I like it. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's good. I think the the uh, ambiance of it, uh, you know, I, now I would have put the Dodgers in it because I'm looking for star power. So in other words, you've got the Yankees and Aaron Judge most of the country doesn't really know about Tim Anderson most of the country doesn't really know about Abreu you know Lance Lynn people like that uh, Mankata I mean you know we do we cover sports but America knows who Aaron Judge is and having him with the cornfield and the whole deal wow I would have put the Dodgers in for this reason Mookie Betts now, maybe even Clayton Kershaw out on that mound. Something like that. I, I just would have gone for the star power of it. I wouldn't have hate that either. That I'm sure uh, they'll get in at some point. Right, I'm just saying that's what I would have gone to for round two. I would have put the second I would have put the second largest market in the country in the game. After having the first largest market in the country in the game. See where I'm going here? Exactly. 
Uh, I'm going for rec- name recognition so the casual fan gets involved. Saquon Barkley is uh, back running drills with the first team. So the uh, first practiced on August 9th, and now he's moved up. So there you go. Um, and so far the reviews on Barkley have been really good. So they say he's been moving well, workload limited, but now increasing. And, and look, this is what they think of Barkley. They've been very cautious about what they've done with him because I think they think that highly of him. They think if they can time this out right, he can have – he can be the impact player that Daniel Jones absolutely needs to have. I mean, Daniel Jones needs as much help as he can get with this, even though he's not the 30th-rated quarterback in the league. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. He's 20. He's 22. It's only six behind Roethlisberger. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Hurts is going to be interesting. But I think in the end, for Jones, the biggest issue is unquestionably his turnover problem is not just small, it's gigantic. Hurts, though, it's always going to be about the accuracy, Matt. It's always going to be about he has never been an accurate thrower of the ball. Absolutely. And that if that's what it comes down to absolutely with him. If he can if he can lead guys into plays, wow. Because he's got the legs that make any defensive coordinator say, guys, I mean you gotta practice all week just in practice getting ready for him to run. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years.